I'm Sandra Hayes Buckley and you are listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast, a podcast that delves into what minding your mind means to different people, what self-care looks like in their lives and why minding their minds is so important to them. I hope you enjoy. This episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast is kindly sponsored by Rainbow Crescent. Rainbow Crescent is an online store specialising in uplifting products with the aim of putting a smile on people's faces. Visit www.rainbowcrescent.ie for more or follow along on Instagram at Rainbow Crescent. On this week's episode, I am joined by Ashley Myers. Ashley is an aspiring life coach who helps people who want more from life to master their mindset and live with true confidence and self-belief. During our chat, we discuss Ashley's change of direction during the COVID lockdown and how she loves to empower other people to live a life in alignment with their values. Ashley, you are so welcome to the Mind Your Mind podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. For any of our listeners who are not familiar with yourself, could you give us an insight into who you are and what you're all about? Um, so I am 26 years old. I have, God, I have worked in childcare about six or seven years now. Um, the dream when I was younger was to be a primary school teacher. So I had got, I studied, I'd done my level eight in education and I hadn't gotten my Irish that I needed for my degree. So I studied it, done my leading search Irish three or four times and eventually got that. And then COVID hit um, and then through COVID, I kind of changed my mind career wise and went on to a self-development and life coaching diploma and now studying to be a life coach but I I guess I kind of started my own self-development journey um a few years ago as I was in a long-term relationship for about six six and a half years um which ended up being quite abusive I was in the relationship since I was about 18 and I guess it was kind of all I knew and all I knew was to depend on my partner and kind of didn't really know the world outside the bubble of me and my partner so I didn't know what was healthy and what was unhealthy for me um, and I guess then when we broke up I got a lot of help I went to therapy I had my I invested in my own coaches and mentors and um, I'd been training since I was about 18 but this time it was different instead of investing in coaches and mentors just for aesthetics I invested into like programs and um, that looked at the holistic person their not just physical health but their mental health and all that kind of stuff and that's kind of where I started my own self-development journey and getting to know who I was what it was I liked aside from Ashley eh, blah, blah blah's like girlfriend and um, but who I was to me and who I wanted to be and what it was I really wanted and that's where it kind of took off that's where I kind of really got interested in mindset and developing your mindset and growing as a person as opposed to just having a really fantastic body but mentally really struggling all the time or really depending on other people and other people's opinions to I guess base my own self-worth and my own value off of. Fantastic and you touched on it there the the kind of realization that you had that you know this was important the the kind of mental well-being side of things as well as you know obviously the aesthetics as well they are important to some people and you know physical well-being is is so important but they're so intrinsically linked to your physical well-being and your mental well-being and i suppose is it because of that realization that it has now become so important to you 
to, I suppose, look after both sides of that physical and mental well-being? Or was there something else that contributed to that as well? Yeah, no, definitely. I think for so long, since I was probably got into training that about 18, 19 years old, it had been solely focused on how I look all the time or like losing body fat and getting into that cycle of just like training as much as possible, eating as little little as possible that when I did go through that breakup and did start going to counselling and did start focus on who I was and what it was I really wanted from life, I realised that like fulfilment in life doesn't come from what you look like. Now don't get me wrong, physical health is so important, but I do think they're very, very closely linked. And um, I think that like no matter how fantastic you look, if your mind isn't in a good place, that you're it's not going to bring fulfillment you're not going to be happy either way but likewise no matter how much mindset work you do if you're physically not like unhealthy and unhealthy isn't like anything got to do with how you look it could be like moving without pain it could be moving freely it could just be able able to like walk to go get your bus or whatever whatever physical health looks like to each person but um like if you don't have that you can't really fully be mentally healthy either because it is something that that will hold you back in a lot of areas of your life and I guess I found that as well it was triggered probably about two years ago I had done a photo shoot and I'd gotten as lean as I'd ever been been in the best shape physically than I'd ever been and at the time would have told you I was at my healthiest but in doing so I'd lost my cycle which at the time I was only 24 and thought that, listen, don't want kids for another 10 years or so. It's not really that important until I realized that your cycle is so much more than just having kids or just needing it to have kids. But um, what it took me to get my cycle back was a lot harder than getting over that six and a half year relationship. So I guess then I realized that like my mindset towards things like I had to give up things I love like training and not because I physically couldn't but in order to regain my cycle I had to reduce my activity levels and um, walking which I don't drive is something that naturally I it just comes for me and something I love being out in nature but having to reduce movement as a whole whereas movement for me is something that really benefits my mental health so that's where I got into a lot of like looking at self-care from a non- training non-physical aspect as well and how to look after my mind in ways that aren't just associated with moving and training and being lean and being confident in my body because I had to somehow learn to grow my mindset with whilst being uncomfortable in the body I'm in and whilst necessarily giving up the things that really did support my mindset prior to losing my cycle so definitely that because I do a lot of different styles of self-care and different ways of looking after my body which beforehand I thought looking after my body was just moving as much as possible fantastic and I suppose having gone through all of that and now the path that you're on now training to be a life coach is that why it's so important for you to help other people with their own well-being having gone through the journey you're on or is there something else that ties in there and I suppose just overall why is it so important to you to now go down that path of helping other people on their own well-being journeys um yeah it's definitely contributed I've done a lot of values-based work and one of my biggest values would be impact so I guess the career I've gone down 
self-development and life coach is one that I can create a lot of impact on a lot of lives. I guess that's the main reason I originally wanted to be a primary school teacher, but through doing the teaching in a classroom setting, I've realized that with curriculum and everything, there's actually very little leeway to do that kind of personal development side of things um, with young people. But it's because I think I value impact a lot and I want to make an impact on people's lives. I don't want to solve people's problems for them, but I want to give them the tools to help them like reach their full potential, to help them get to where they want to go or become the people that they want to be. I feel that everybody has it within them, but sometimes you just need the support or the accountability or that push in the right direction um, to get to where they need to go. But for me, it's more, it's an impact basis. I want to impact people's lives to help them reach their full potential because everybody does have it within them, I believe. I just believe that like sometimes their mindset might be holding them back from going or they might have beliefs and people don't even realize that they have these beliefs, never mind that they're holding them back until they explore them. And you usually, I found myself anyways, through going to counsel and having my own mentors that you need someone to help you explore these areas because it's scary. It's scary finding out about yourself. And I think a lot of us from when we're children base our, what we think our values are, what we think we should be, our beliefs and all that based on what other people tell us we're good at or other people say, oh, this would be a great job, or this is good money, or you're really good at this, you should do this. And rather than basing it off what it is they really like, or like that if they're in a relationship, they base it off, oh, my partner likes this, so I'm going to like this. But instead of getting to know who it is they really are, what it is that they really like, what it is they really value, and what it is they really want from life, like what their meaning is for life, where they find their purpose. And I guess that's what I want. I want to help them find their purpose and then through finding their purpose, help them build a life that they truly do love and a life that is full of potential and full of meaning and actually going after the life that they love. Fantastic. And what you're doing there and what through what you're saying, it's very obvious that you're very passionate about this. And I suppose what comes across as well is you really want to empower other people to have that clarity over what their purposes, their values are. And I know I I've gone through kind of a process with a life coach myself of identifying my own core values. And I suppose it moves you from a sense of, I suppose, dependency, like what you were saying, depending on what other people think of you or think you should be doing or that sort of thing into more, I suppose, independent thinking and living in alignment with your values because once you identify those values you I suppose you're empowering those people to then live their life in alignment with them and to I suppose strive to be their best selves and the best version of themselves yeah definitely I definitely want to like empower people to actually figure it is what it is they value what it is they want from life I think a lot of people just kind of coast and if people aren't suffering they're willing to settle so a lot of people just settle for a life that they think they deserve, quote unquote, and a life they deserve or they're not miserable. So why change it? But just because you're not miserable doesn't mean that there's not more out there, that there's more life to give, like that there's that they can be happier, that they they can do more things that they like, they can achieve more, that they're capable of so much more just because you're not miserable in your job. If you're not jumping out of bed every day, like you spend most of your life working, if you're not jumping out of bed every day, 
or like most of the time because you don't awe every single day but excited to do what it is you're going to do that day if you're dragging yourself out of bed every day just because you're not like pulling the covers over your head doesn't mean that you have to settle for that life there is more to life and at the end of the day I want to help people get to that stage of life where they're happy in their career they're happy in their relationships they know what it is they want and because their values are so strong they can say no to the things they don't want to do like I've spent so much of my life saying yes to things I don't want to do because out of fear of judgment or people pleasing or whatever but having that power to say no and actually prioritizing your own needs being a better person for yourself so you can be better for those around you better for those that you do love and actually truly going after life you love as opposed to just settling every single day just coasting by you're not happy but you're not sad so why change you're not miserable life is okay but you, life doesn't have to be okay it like you can want better even if it's not at rock bottom so like going after that and really being enthusiastic about the life you live yeah and you touched on something there people pleasing that's something that's come up in so many episodes of the podcast that I've recorded thus far and I think it's something that everyone I'm not sure if suffers is the right word but everyone seems to go through that at some point in their life that people pleasing of oh yeah I'll, I'll just go along with this I'll say yes because even if I don't want to because that'll make the other person happy but you touched on it there as well saying no prioritizing yourself setting those boundaries saying no and this is something that has also been said on the podcast before no is a complete sentence yeah no it definitely is recognizing that it's okay to set those boundaries for yourself because if you're you're agreeing to do something that's not in alignment with your own values that doesn't serve you in the long run that I suppose you're just saying yes for the sake of saying yes you know you're you're not then living your life in alignment with those values you're not striving to you know live to your purpose and I think you're what you're what you do and what you're saying there it's it's very very evident that you're very passionate about this but empowering people to to do that and to I suppose show them the clarity that they need in you know, understanding their core values, understanding their purpose in life. That's very, very powerful, actually. And I think it really comes across that this is something that you are, you're built for it. You're built for, you know, you're built for this type of work because you're so passionate about it. And is that something, have you always been passionate about helping other people? I know you touched on the primary school teaching. And uh, Is this something that kind of came up from your childhood where you always um trying you know wanting to help people yeah definitely I always did want to help people I wanted to be a primary school teacher since I was about four years old and it's something I did I always wanted to do but as I got older I guess through my own life struggles and through go like going through like I've spent my whole life people pleasing saying yes to things because I didn't want to let other people down or I'd be seen as not a good friend and I guess as a child I was bullied like I guess we all were here and there but I was bullied quite a bit I kind of would have been like the quieter child and the less popular child I would have been in a big friend group now there probably would have been about 15 to 20 of us in my early teens but I would have been like not the unpopular one but the quiet one or the one who didn't really stand up for herself or just went with the flow even if that's not what they wanted to do because it's easier than going against the grain or going against the status quo and I guess as I grew up 
then it carried into my adult life I'd be asked to do things that I wouldn't want to do or wouldn't align with my goals or my values but I'd say yeah because it's easier but I guess as I've done the work and as I've done the research and the study and stuff like that I've realized that like I feel like people's biggest fear in life is is not being accepted or being rejected everyone wants to be accepted and everyone wants to be accepted for who they are but if they feel they aren't going to be accepted for who they are they will change based on their social environment so i call it a social chameleon so they adapt to their environment that they're in at that time and they'll change their personality or who it is they are or what it is they like to be liked by the people around them to ensure that they don't have that rejection or that fear of not being accepted and um, so they'll say yes to things they don't want to do or they say they'll say they like things they don't like or they'll agree to things but in doing so they're actually instead of building their confidence by being accepted they're actually knocking their own confidence because they're not living in line with what it is they truly value they're not taking action towards the goals that they actually want so keeping other people happy which means that they're not going to build confidence because they're not doing the things that they actually want to do or they're not becoming the person they actually want to become instead they're holding themselves back or self-sabotaging by pleasing those around them so it's actually what you think is building your confidence by being liked by other people is actually taking away from your confidence because even though you're being liked by everyone around you you don't like yourself because you're not living the life that it is that you want to live or you're not going after what it is you really want you're staying stuck in that place that you've been in just to be liked yeah and i think an awful lot of people will resonate with that as well you know i suppose not living your your truest most authentic self because a lot of us do try to you know like fit into a certain box because that's what's expected or that's what you think is expected of you and it goes back to that people pleasing and the fear of of not being liked or accepted or whatever and I think a lot of people's inner critic comes in there as well that you know oh you can't do that because people will not like you or you know whatever it is you almost convince yourself in your head that you have to act a certain way in order to you know they won't like you unless you do this and I think when you when you are living your most true authentic self you really don't care about what other people will think about you but it's it's hard to get to that point it's hard for a lot of people to get to that point where they're able to go no this is this is me this is how I am this is how I want to live my life and I think that's a big struggle for a lot of people um is in living in alignment with your core values is kind of I suppose breaking through that barrier of you know no this is me I'm completely comfortable being myself and not fitting into that little box that I think that people people want me to be in or that people expect me to be in of course and when you are living your true authentic self and being true to yourself you realize that you'd rather be respected for who you are than liked but it does take a lot to get there to get to that point of okay I'd rather be accepted or I'd rather be um respected than being liked it does take a lot to get there and you first of all do need to find out your values I think a lot of people go around and they actually don't know what it is they value so because they don't know what it is they value they don't know what they're going after they don't know what's going to bring them a life of fulfillment they don't know what goals they even want to set because how are you supposed to know what goals you set if you don't know what you value if you don't know who you really are and um, and one thing I, I love to do to 
figure, I guess, that out and I do reflect on my values because your values change. Your values don't always have to be the same. Is I take myself on a solo coffee date and people probably, I know a lot of people are quite uncomfortable with being by themselves, but we like think about how many dates you go on throughout your lifetime, be it with potential partners or friends or employees or whatever it is, like people that you work with. You go on dates to get to know them, to get to understand them. But we never date ourselves. We never get to know ourselves. We never bring ourselves out to try to get to know ourselves, to try to get to know who it is we are, what it is we like. So I do and I go and I journal and I redo values exercises, which is what I do with my clients is a values exercise and a beliefs exercise and find out what it is that I'm that I value now and then set my goals based on those values or who do I want to be in three, six months, what it, what it is I want to achieve, what is it is that I need to do to get there. And by doing that, then I focus on or I reflect on the why, like, why is it that I want to achieve these things? How will these things benefit me? Who will they benefit? How will this benefit my life? What will I learn from doing this? And then by focusing on the why then, it's a lot easier to set clarity and to set a focus on these things. And I guess that's where you build up the, I don't know whether it's the courage, but is the right word, but to actually say no to the things that go against those values or to stop people pleasing because your why is so big, you realize that it'll actually benefit this person more. They mightn't realize it right now, but if I disagree to what it is they want me to do because it serves me better to do something else. Um, and I think that's something I've learned probably the hard way. I've been a big people pleaser since I was a child, but so I've probably learned it the hard way. But once you understand why you're doing this and why this goal is really important to you, it makes it a lot easier to be focused on it. And of course there is leeway, but to actually turn down people and not be afraid that they'll think this, that or the other of you, because you know that this is going to benefit you in the long run, which means it's probably going to make you a better friend, a better partner, a better mother, father, whatever it is in the long run by, by saying no and by setting your boundaries. And I, you've said earlier on in the podcast that no is a full sentence, but for the people who do struggle with saying no to people, if you are to to give not an explanation, you don't owe anyone an explanation, but if you are to explain that little bit more, it does make it easier because I feel that a lot of people are afraid to say no for the fear of conflict or judgment. But the reason it usually upsets someone isn't because the fact you've said no, but it's the meaning that they've given to you saying no. So for instance, if your friend asks you, oh, do you wanna go out for food and drinks on Saturday night? and you just say no, they might be really hurt or upset, but in their head, the meaning they've given to you saying no is that you don't want to spend time with them or you don't want to go out with them. Whereas if you were to say, sorry, I don't want to go out for food and drinks on Saturday night, I'm too busy, could we do Friday? Or I'm sorry, I don't want to go out for food and drinks, could we go for a coffee and a walk instead? I'm actually on a fat loss journey or I'm just not drinking at the moment, I'm trying to save money they'll understand that it's not that you don't want to spend time with them. It's just that that arrangement doesn't actually suit them, which takes away the conflict. It takes away the fear of judgment and it makes it a lot easier to set that boundary. Absolutely. And I think it's about figuring out what works for you as well. Like, like you said, for people that you really care about, you know, that is going to be so much more important to, to kind of, I suppose, explain it or to not hurt their feelings. 
you know, whereas it might not be as important for other relationships or other situations. And I suppose like that, it's I suppose I always see boundaries as a form of self-care and, you know, saying those no's when you need to say no and all the rest of it. And it's about figuring out what works for you in the sense of your own journey. And I think that's very like self-care in general what works for you won't work for the next person and that's okay it's about figuring out what works for you and I know you already touched on you know movement is something that's massive in your own self-care journey and what else is it that you you I suppose call on on a regular basis or if you're going through a tougher time what are the things that you the tools that are in your toolbox that you pull out um when you are looking after your own mental well-being yeah definitely setting boundaries is is different to each person and self-care is different to each person it's it's like with everything it's very individual it's very unique um, and it's very adaptable what works for one person definitely won't work for the next it is everyone to each circumstance and stuff but yeah movement is definitely for me a big one and um, moving my body now it, it wouldn't always have to be training it could be going for a run it could just be doing a stretch it could just be getting out in fresh air um for a walk but movement definitely for me is a big one and um, it's something that really does contribute to my self-care another one would just be daylight and fresh air so it doesn't necessarily have to be movement in that it could be sitting out on a on a bench or sitting by the sea but fresh air and just getting out into that daylight whenever it's sun especially coming into the winter months and um, it's dark nearly all the time so getting out whenever i can in that daylight and just letting some Day, like letting some daylight just shine on me and just sitting there and just enjoying that and another big one that I find really helps and again people can be quite like people kind of tend to love or hate the idea of this but journaling Um, I'm a big advocate for journaling I think it's just amazing it's done wonders for me and I think people as well shy away from it because they think that you have to they kind of think they're doing it wrong when they first start out or they're like I am I doing this right but there's no right or wrong way to journal and um, all you need is a notepad and a pen like there is no right or wrong way like some days I might write three or four essays some days I might struggle to get out three sentences and um, what it is it's just taking out it's kind of just like a mind dump like and I would usually on a day-to-day -day basis while I have my morning coffee sit and just ask myself three things I'm grateful for today and some days it might be something as simple as the sun, fresh air, and getting to bed on time last night. And other days it might be eat three paragraphs, but it might be something as simple as that. Or if I'm going through a hard time and struggling, I might ask myself, why does this bother me so much? Or why does it affect me so much? What is it about this certain thing that, that really triggers me? And what do I need right now to cope with it? Um, and doing that I think really does help. Another tool that I also would use is by talking to those that I care about, like by talking to my current partner. Um, I've, I'm lucky I do have quite a good support system, but talking about it, getting it off your chest. A lot of the times the struggles or the challenges that we face that are kind of in our head, we, they grow legs and we give, we give them meanings that aren't necessarily true. Whereas when we talk to someone about it or tease them out, we can kind of get some sort of like the clarity on them and what it actually is and that it's not as big as we're making it out to be or sometimes it is but we can get clarity on what we can actually do about it 
as opposed to just feeling caught this is a big problem and i'm stuck here and it's never going to change and um, i invest a lot in myself in mentors as i was saying and um, so i talk to my coaches quite a bit i check in with them once a week but i also check in on whatsapp with them probably daily or every second day um, and back with ideas whether it's the most fantastic day ever or the worst day ever and um, i as i say to my clients like if you don't communicate a problem we don't we can't support you with a struggle we don't know exists and um, and likewise goes for my coaches or my partner like they can't support me with a struggle that they don't know exists so talking to them sometimes as well because i do feel i'm someone who's quite go 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 i'm very goals orientated i love to grow I'm always around like growth minded people, but sometimes you just need a slow day, just not even to ha have a lie in or whatever, but like to not have a to do list as long term, to have no plans, to just get up and just go with the flow, be it sit on the couch and watch three movies back to back, be it just go for a little walk in the park, but instead of going for steps, you're just going for a scroll for, for some fresh air. And actually just having that slow time where it's not like right from nine to 10, I'm doing this from 10 to 11, I'm doing that from 12 to one, I'm doing this, just having a slow day and taking that time to actually just breathe and just be present in the moment. And then being around children, like I now this is a very personal one because I love children and children are very like to each person, but being around children, they force you to be present. So when you're with children, you can't think about something that happened 10 minutes ago or the possibility of something happening in 10 minutes. You can only focus really on now because they're so busybody and you have to look after them and all this kind of, that they force you to be present. So you're just present in the moment, which means all your problems, all your worries for the time you're with them kind of go away because you're just there in that moment. Fantastic. You have such a, a range of things that you you call on. And it's very obvious from what you're saying that you've, you've really put in a lot of work to, I suppose, identify what's important to you. And you touched on something there, actually, that I, I, I think is really important about journaling. I have heard this from so many people as well that like, oh, I, I can't do it. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I'm doing it wrong. And like you, you can't really do journaling wrong. If if all you write down is two or three words one day and then you write down like five or six pages the next day both are both are okay and neither is wrong and I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is the concept of journaling that you have to be writing these big essays these big like love letters to yourself and like it's not always like that it's not you know sometimes it might just literally be I had a terrible day today it was awful I you know and brain dumping all your thoughts down because Actually, I always find that it helps me because when you do that brain them, all of the thoughts that are in your head are gone. And a lot of the time when I read back over them, like oh, it wasn't that bad because you make so, and you, you said something else there as well that, that I just want to touch on. You know, in your head, you can make things grow legs and arms and all the, you know, go off on tangents that don't actually exist at all. But when you say it out loud or you write it down on a page, you're almost forcing yourself to to think about it logically, like, is, does this logically make sense? And you're, you know, you kind of go about rationalizing what you're thinking and you realize that a lot of the thoughts that you're having are illogical or irrational because that negative bias inside in your head has just, you know, gone on a, a 
steamroll down the road completely away from what the actual issue is. And I think that's one of the things that's really powerful about doing that brain dump. But also the other thing that you said there that's really important is talking, actually saying what you're feeling, because sometimes what you're feeling inside might be that you've made something out to be like an absolutely insurmountable mountain that, you know, you will never get over whatever this hurdle is. And then when you talk about it and, you know, with somebody, it might not be as insurmountable, um, to use that word again, as what you once thought it was. Yeah, definitely. I think people do. They definitely do fear starting journaling at the start. Like they fear that it's this big thing that they have fear are going to get right or wrong or it has to be a certain way or they're not doing it properly. But first of all, no one else is ever going to see it but you. And then after that, as you said, it can be two or three words some days. Like it might just be power words some mornings. You might wake up and be like, right, like my power word is I am focused today and you're going to the gym or I'm capable. Um, is a big one I use and I use it with the kids in the crash as well and they, they absolutely love it but just it could just be something like that and then other days it might be teasing out situations or problems but it is it, it's getting I guess that like the meaning you've given given to a circumstance down on the page and then teasing it out and logistically looking at it and being like okay that's actually that's what I've given to the meaning but or that's the meaning I've given to the circumstance of the experience but that might necessarily not be the case or that actually now looking at it as an overview actually isn't the case and I actually do have a few journaling prompts for people who do struggle with it that I use with my clients and stuff like that that just prompts ideas in your head but some days it just flows and some days as you said it might be two or three words and that might might be it but when you do journal or talk to someone about it it does tease it out. It, it looks at it from a logistical standpoint as opposed to the meaning you've given to the experience or the meaning you've given to a feeling or like the meaning you've given to how something looks or whatever it is, but it's it's breaking down the meaning you've given to something and actually looking at, well, what is it actually? Not what is the meaning I've given to it, but what is this situation? What is this circumstance? Or what is this? What am I, what is this experience that is causing me this struggle? And then you can break it down into, well, what can I do about it? What supports do I need from maybe other people? And then you can kind of work on it that way. But as long as it stays in your head, it's going to stay in your head and it just gets bigger. And um, so again, no, definitely talking to people and journaling is a big one. And it is it is a big, scary one, especially because I guess people are afraid they'll find out stuff about themselves that they know, but they don't want to know. Um, but if you figure out stuff about yourself that you don't like, you have the power to change that mm-hmm. you have all the power to change that but if you don't realize it's there you can't work on it so it's it's creating that awareness around the situation creating that awareness around what what you're happy about what you're not happy about creating the awareness about what it is you value through journaling and then working on that to become happier if you don't like like what you see if you don't like what you're figuring out, you always have the power to change that. And just because you don't like it doesn't make it wrong. Like the past version of you isn't wrong just because you want to be better. The current version of you isn't wrong just because you want that to grow. You don't have to be in a shit place to want to be in a better place. Like you can be perfectly happy as you are and still want to be better. 
and that's the thing I guess it's kind of finding that balance between accepting where you're at and being happy with where you're at not critically looking at where you're at and being like oh I'm not there so I'm shit like you are perfect where you are but just because you're perfect where you are it doesn't mean that you can't want to be better or that you can't grow on that you're not changing who you are you're just growing on that person now absolutely and something you said there as well is you know if you don't say it out loud or you don't tell anyone that these are the thoughts that are going on in your head they'll just stay in your head they'll grow they'll get go off on these tangents and I suppose you'll never get that I don't know logical way of thinking about it you won't get that help that you need and I think that's something that's really powerful as well you know you need to speak up for yourself because it's it's a form of advocacy for yourself as well by saying I have this issue or I have this you know thought that's going on say it to your coaches say it to your mentors to your family your friends whoever it is that you need to say it to and I think that's a, that's a very powerful message as well you know get it out there and okay you might journal about it first or you might talk to someone very close to you first but you know that's the only way that you are going to be able to I suppose make logical sense of what you are thinking or feeling and it's it's I suppose a lot of the time as well it's the only way you're going to move forward from it because it'll just and I I know from personal experience it will you know you will get on that hamster wheel and spiral out of control very quickly if you don't if you know especially if it's it's something you're struggling with if you don't say it to someone yeah definitely I heard um this um, metaphor I think it was by Pat Dively but um it's like you're you're down on the ground or on the island with the problems when it's in your head but as soon as you jot it down on paper or start talking to someone about it it's like you're getting in that helicopter and flying above the problem and looking at it from a bird's eye view and looking at the problem as a whole and then figuring out what it is you can do you're removing yourself from the problem from the situation as opposed to saying like this is my problem it's not your problem it's just a problem and trying to solve it that way and then reaching out to if you've got mentors or coaches and actually working with them on that issue because if they don't know about a struggle they can't help you with it they can't support you with it and that's what you're paying them for that is what you're paying them for you're paying them to help you through this you're paying them to help you grow and to help you learn and to help you become a better person but you can't grow and learn if nobody else knows if the people that are helping you grow and learn don't know about these things that are actually holding you back absolutely and I think that is a very powerful message on which to finish up our conversation this morning so thank you so much for joining me on the mind your mind podcast Thanks so much for having me. I would really enjoy the experience. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, rate, review or follow. It really does help with getting the podcast out there. You can follow us on Instagram at mindyourmindpod for extra content and some behind the scenes action. Talk to you next week. And in the meantime, don't forget to mind your mind.